0: Slavo? Paz. Today, our person of interest is Sacagawea. And people don't actually know how the name was actually pronounced. Some people believe it was Sacagawea. Mm. Some people believe Secajawea. I say Sacagawea. Sacagawea.
1: Sacagawea. could be another.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I just yeah. made
1: that up. I don't think anybody ever tried that. But people,
0: people don't know. It translates to Bird Woman in the Hidatsa language. Um, but yeah, that is our person of interest today. Before we step through her life, uh, what'd you know about her before you, you know, started researching?
1: Honestly, not much. The name is super familiar. I feel like the American educational system really pushes Sacagawea, Sacagawea as a prominent native American, uh, figure in history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lewis and Clark Expedition is somewhat related to her. I don't know exactly the role, but that's the depth of my knowledge about her going into it.
0: Yeah, funny enough, I was in the same boat. I knew the name, and I knew loosely associated in some way with Lewis and Clark. But, so she was born in what is now Idaho-Montana border, kind of near the Rockies, in 1789 1790 you know one of those two they're not exactly sure of her exact date of birth she was a daughter of a chief so what was her life like as a member of the shoshone tribe so they were wanderers in the summer month summer month they would be along the streams and they would eat salmon trout while in the fall they would locate again wanderers and they would head to the plains of present-day Montana and the men hunted buffalo mm-hmm. um, her role most likely was to collect wood for fires pick berries help make clothing and moccasins because very cold in the Rockies and for fun they would run races mm. which you know very similar how to how far
1: how far were the races do you know
0: to that tree <laughs> I'll beat you there. <laughs> and I feel like that's pretty universal. When we were kids, it was a big deal to be fast when you were young.
1: Speed right? kills, so they say. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, they also juggled mud balls. And honestly, it made me wonder what other games they played. They had to play tag, potentially. I think that's pretty, you know, that one would come up. Catch. Mm. I feel like you must throw something. Hey, catch this. Throw a ball around lacrosse di- La-
1: La- lacrosse is a, a is an indigenous sport
0: yeah yeah exactly I, I, yeah i don't know if if shoshone did but yeah, I don't know probably a specific tribe but yeah but definitely we know they ran races and juggled mud balls for sure um, and she was which was common at the time promised to a man when she became 13/14 mm. but before this promise when she was about 11 or 12 Hidatsa Native Americans which is another tribe
1: the Hidatsa that's kind of a I wouldn't say like a rival tribe but it's uh someone else with kind of mutual territory or uh, adjacent territory
0: yeah yeah then they definitely had their battles and in one of these battles they well first of all they you know had the advantage because they had guns the Shoshone tribe did not have guns, but the Hidatsa Indians, I think they traded with the French who traded guns, while mm. the Shoshone, they traded with Spain, and as a policy, they would not train, gu- trade guns. So they were at a big disadvantage. And yeah. the, Sh-
1: the the Hidatsa were known as kind of like a gun-wielding tribe, so it was ca- kind of not an, an uncommon thing, and it made them kind of extremely powerful when it came to uh, the combative... Combative situations.
0: Yeah. And and in this case, the Shoshone, because of this, fled to the woods. And they say Sacagawea was running across a river when a warrior from the Hidatsa on a horse grabbed her as a prisoner and then kidnapped her and takes her away, Mm. which has to be absolutely petrifying. You're an 11 year old girl. And all of a sudden, you were just picked up by someone on a horse. They're about to carry you hundreds of miles away from anyone you know. Which is a- I would think absolutely terrifying.
1: Yeah, I, it, kidnapped and uh, and I think in that kind of a situation, you, you just assume you're never going to see anybody that you ever knew again. You're just kind of absorbed into the into the new culture, which is absolutely petrifying yeah. for for a child. I mean, if it was a if it was a boy. I think I think we've read about kind of like some of the the cultural differences and when it comes to taking prisoners and whether or not uh, like prisoners are just killed or whether or not they're they're kept alive and I think the fact that she was uh, I mean it's unfortunate but the fact that she was a girl and she was 12 13 years old at the time it kind of it might have saved her life and that kind of had value at the time for the for the Hidatsa tribe when they when they took her
0: Yeah, I think they tried to kidnap specifically uh, women and children to grow their tribe. And so they kidnapped Sacagawea. She's taken hundreds of miles on horse to where that tribe was resided, and she spent a a couple years there. North Dakota, Yeah.
1: if I remember correctly. Like Bismarck, North Dakota?
0: Yeah, that's a hike. That's a... Long, yeah, hundreds of miles. Yeah, long journey. And she is with this tribe for a couple years. And then she is traded to Toussaint Chabernet. He was a Canadian trader, three times her age, but he saw Sacagawea. And he already had another Shoshone wife, Otter Woman. Mm-hmm. He saw Sacagawea. And wanted her as a wife, quote unquote wife, because I mean he's trading for her, so I don't know. Yeah,
1: exactly. It was it was a trade situation. And um Toussaint uh, Charbonneau, he was he was a fur trader and he had been he had kind of adopted the Hadatsa culture and it was part of the I believe it was part of the Hadatsa culture to be um, to take multiple wives. And so it was kind of as part of that that he took a, that he was taking a second wife. Through trade.
0: Yeah, exactly. He adopted the culture. He knew the Hidatsa language, but yeah, when we say wife, I feel like it's very much, quote unquote, wife. I mean, I don't think she was able to give consent. Yeah, a... it's it's sad to
1: say. It's kind of a sign of the times. Yeah, where this is uh, this is around eighteen, eighteen oh five, eighteen oh in that range. It's uh, it's kind of a sign of the times that that unfortunately she was. 15, 16 years old. and
0: Yeah, and already we see so much being thrown on her in terms of adversity where she is kidnapped Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. her home Native American tribe and now she is, you know, forced to be this person's wife. And then at age 15 and she is expecting a child, the Lewis and Clark expedition rolls into town.
1: Yes. And Lewis and Clark... They were actually, um, so basically, like, the Louisiana Purchase happened. Thomas Jefferson purchases this vast swath of land. From from the French? From the French. And uh, their names, everybody knows Lewis and Clark, but do you know their first names? <laughs> He's shaking his head at me.
0: Guilty. <laughs> now, I, I do Weather, now, but yeah. Which is a
1: great first name, for the record. Meriwether Lewis and William Clark are, are their names. And, uh... And Lewis was kind of the head of, he was the one appointed the um, head of what, what's called the Corps of Discovery, which is, the, which is the kind of expedition surveying group that was appointed by Thomas Jefferson, and William Clark was actually his commanding officer in, in a war, so he kind of recruited him to go along and, and work with him.
0: Yeah. Both military men. They had a lot of military men in their crew. They honestly they weren't that experienced in terms of like traveling and just foresting and all that type of exploring. They were just military men and they knew Thomas Jefferson <laughs> and they got appointed. But luckily it's who you know. It's not what you know, it's who you know sometimes. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And because of this, they know they needed people to help and they went to the Hidatsa in this camp, and they're looking for people who can help translate and help lead them across. They want to completely cross the continent and get to the ocean. Mm -hmm. They come across Charbonneau, and they find out he has wives who speak Shoshone, and they're very interested. They know they have to deal with the Shoshone tribe to get horses and to help them travel. Mm -hmm. And so that's where they... Fortunate for them, they luckily come upon Sacagawea.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like a two-pronged translation gain that they get from uh, negotiating with Charbonneau is that they have him who can speak Hidatsa, and he also speaks French, and then they have Sacagawea who speaks Hidatsa as well, but then she also speaks Shoshone.
0: Yep, yep. And while we are speaking about this core of discovery. They had a very important member. I think sometimes gets lost in history. Seaman. They had a (laughs) Newfoundland dog, a big fluffy guy, and he was a very integral part of the trip. He lasted the entire journey. He even had surgery performed on him from a beaver bite. Goodness. But, you know, he was a very good boy and just we want to give him some praise and love. And this got me thinking that man's loyal best friend doesn't always get the acknowledgement they deserve I mean there are a lot of memes about dogs yeah but how often are they mentioned and featured on podcasts
1: that is a great point I mean I am waiting for the day that we do our podcast on airbud <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it but until then I think that now is the perfect time to really give a shout out to the uh, to the dog aspects of our <laughs> uh, of our subjects
0: yeah so I I looked up a few other dogs who were really helpful throughout history. Wow. Um, so let us I'll, I'll get into them. Just, you know, give them their moment. Yeah, let's so. hear it. So Balto, famous. I believe there's a movie made on him. This dog helped deliver crucial medicine in Alaska, and the weather was really bad, but this section of Alaska needed this medicine in dire needs so they sent out this dog sled team the dog sled driver said the weather was so bad he could not see anything Hmm. completely blurred white out conditions yeah and just trusted the dogs and balto the lead dog he just he does his job he he realizes his human has anxiety and fear (laughs) and he is like i'm gonna help him and get to my destination he does it and saves many lives. Wow, that's incredible.
1: So, uh, husky. Yep, husky. Yeah, Husky. Sounds like quite the dog.
0: Yeah, and I'll give you one more. And this is almost more of a generic one, but Apollo, he was a German Shepherd dog in New York City. He was an esteemed member of the K-9 unit. Mm. He's a professional. And when the towers and destruction of September 11th happened, he was sent in there along with many other hardworking dogs who would go in there and drag out bodies away from the debris and the fire.
1: Holy cow.
0: Yep. There are, there are many dogs who did this. Apparently they worked 18-hour days for weeks on end because there was a lot of cleanup. And he he received an award on behalf of all the dogs who are involved in this effort. My
1: goodness, that is uh, that is really impressive.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, just, I guess extend that shout out to all those dogs out there who are sniffing bombs and just, you know, in the line of duty.
1: Yeah, sniffing drugs in the airports, preventing uh, international <laughs> drug trafficking through air. <laughs> and also uh, support dogs in any way that that's, uh, support people who uh, who need them.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly. Very, very good boys and girls. So back to Sacagawea. So Lewis and Clark want to bring on Charbonneau and Sacagawea. Mm-hmm. And at this time, she is pregnant. Yes.
1: yes. Very pregnant. Like, about to give birth.
0: Yes, yes. So, I mean, I'm a little surprised they even, you know, expected her... Or wanted her to go on this journey she just gave birth or she's about to give birth mm-hmm. and they let her give birth before they begin this journey and I'm also surprised um, I mean this is a lot to ask she's about to carry her child mm-hmm. on this hundreds of miles journey
1: yeah and not just not just hundreds of miles but through rough terrain they know they're gonna be going through rough, rough terrain
0: yeah so much, like, the core of Discovery or the corpse of Discovery, they knew the terrain was going to be so rough that no one, no member had any children because they didn't want to leave any kids fatherless. But... Um, <laughs> but, sexual, <laughs> but they took seconds away. away yeah.
1: Clear exception. <laughs> she yeah. brought the child. Well, maybe that is the rule. If you bring the child with you, <laughs> it's okay.
0: Yeah. And so she gives birth to... Jean-Baptiste Charbonneau on February 11th, 1805. She is, again, only about 15 or 16, had already been kidnapped and then sold to be a wife. And now she's about to go on this grand adventure discovery. Yep, as a new mother. As a new mother with her son. And so in April, they take off. And this is a very rough journey. They start out with some canoes, a couple sailboats, and one very notable story that happened right away was one of the boats, which had uh, many crucial items, journals, medicines, mm-hmm. etc. cetera, it tipped over. Yep. And Sacagawea saved the day and rescued many of these important items, so much so that it was mentioned in the uh, journals from. Yeah, Lewis and, Clark. and
1: they, they named a branch of the Missouri after her. For yeah. like her heroism, yeah, in this moment, and also when I read about it, they said that they said that it was Charbonneau that was that was driving the boat, and they pan they they hit a squall and he panicked, yeah, yeah, so like they, i I liked how they were like, yes, Charbonneau, yeah. <laughs> panicked, flip capsized the boat, <laughs> and then Sacagawea basically saved the day, which yeah. uh which is uh very impressive by her. Yeah.
0: No, they did not have the lingo in the day, but they basically said Charbonneau was a wimp on the water <laughs> on, like, anything they'd seen. And they think he caused... So, like, those this... are some
1: tough words. <laughs> in, like, 1806, it's oh yeah, <laughs> a wimp, wimp on the water. It's like... Yeah. It's, it,
0: yeah. Charbonneau did not get... Not many people said many nice things about him. I think he was known to be kind of harsh towards his wives. Mm-hmm. He had a bad reputation. People didn't... Say nice things about him, and we'll get into
1: it later. I mean, he's not um, very sentimental, I guess we'll say, because his uh, his children were did not al- were not always his children. Yep. So,
0: yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll touch on that later. Yeah, yeah. Not looked upon too favorably, and so after this, they continue on their journey. They actually. Lewis and three of his men run into Shoshone woman. You know they trade some beads, and uh, Lewis and Clark give them mirrors, which I think would blow your mind if you've never seen a mirror before, and then someone gives you a mirror. Would... I think if I had
1: never seen a mirror before, I would think that it's ice.
0: Mm, it's ice because it's like warm ice. It's like wow, this is like
1: or like dry ice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about, if you have never seen a mirror before. This is kind of an aside. But if you if you had never seen a mirror before, the the thing that I would relate it to would be water because you could see your reflection in water and then you could see your reflection in ice as well, like fresh ice over a pond. Mm-hmm. So if I saw a mirror, I would think that somehow somebody found a way to make it so ice couldn't melt.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I bet a lot of people who saw mirrors for the first time had that same exact thought. You also you have to be shocked yeah, at what crazy. you look like. Whatever you thought you looked like then you well, look in the I mirror. Mean,
1: I I presume that they've like seen each other, seen themselves in the reflection of water
0: before. But how clear is that reflection?
1: It's true. I I imagine a mirror would take out some wrinkles because you get the ripples in the water. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah. And so they realize that they're friends and they bring Lewis and his three men to a teepee and they introduce him to the chief. But at this point, Sacagawea and the rest of the members are not with them. Mm-hmm. So they don't even speak any similar languages. Yeah,
1: they They're don't just speak the language.
0: A bunch of people hanging out in a teepee, but, you know, being friendly towards each other, making nice gestures. Mm-hmm. And they smoke a peace pipe.
1: Which sounds pretty cool.
0: Very cool. And I don't want to get too politicky, but right now... Oh, here we go. That's like the ultimate... I want to be then, politicking. Let's, just pre- let's just preface that
1: with you're talking about a peace pipe, and I'm really excited about how you're going to relate to this, to politics.
0: I'm just saying right now, August 2020, we could use a few more peace pipes being passed around.
1: The back... The deals in the smoke-filled rooms, that's, that's what they say. That's how politics get done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is the might be a metaphor for the peace pipe.
0: <laughs> I think so. And it begs the question, what were they smoking? And you know it's common knowledge that Native Americans smoke peyote which has hallucinogenic effects and they mm-hmm. went on vision quests, but in terms of peace pipes, they would smoke tobacco and herb. And the tobacco, it wasn't as strong as, you know, what these Americans were used to from the Virginia tobacco. And I guess you could inhale it, and you wouldn't exhale anything at all, but it would make you fart. What? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's... Uh, that, you know I, I was I look- not expecting you to say that. <laughs> so it's just a, a bunch of people sitting in a, a teepee who can't communicate with each other. Just, just all like, farting? Oh. Yeah, I think the ones who knew what they were doing, who knew how to smoke this peace pipe, they were farting. <laughs>
1: I guess that's one way to break the ice. Yeah,
0: we'll have to look more into that later, but that is, I saw that in one <laughs> spot online, and it stuck with me. I'm going to choose to believe that. <laughs> and so I, these men, I believe, Lewis and Clark, they signal, okay, come follow us. We're going to go meet the rest of the explorers. Mm-hmm. And oh. so they follow them, and from a distance, Sacagawea sees. These members, and she recognized them as, you know, the Shoshone tribe that she used to belong to. And I guess she (laughs) she starts sucking her fingers, which is uh, a sign meaning these are my people. And so she's very excited to be reunited with, you know, her childhood tribe. And so uh, they end up going again into a teepee and having a meeting and negotiations. And lo and behold, when they get to the teepee, Sacagawea sees the chief, and it is her brother. Incredible. Yep. And as a token of love, she takes a blanket and puts it over him. And that's a a sign of love.
1: Very symbolic.
0: Yeah. And I think it it makes a lot of sense. You know, if you walk out to your couch and you see a friend or family member, someone's passed out on the couch, and you put a blanket over them, like is there a nicer thing you can do to show love?
1: I'm just imagining like you're at work and you walk into a into a meeting <laughs> and and somebody else walks in behind you and then they go to to the person on your left and they put a blanket over their shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> I would immediately think that's love right there. <laughs> that's that's a real connection. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I think that's uh that's very symbolic. Mm-hmm. That's very and, nice.
0: Yeah, and it was n- noted it was a very emotional, happy time for Sacagawea reuniting with her friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so they have these negotiations and these uh, discussions, which, so how this worked was the Shoshone chief, Sacagawea's brother, would speak in Shoshone. Sacagawea would translate it to Hidatsa. Mm-hmm. Her husband, Charbonneau, would translate it to French, then there was someone who would translate the French to English so that Lewis and Clark could understand it. So it would go through four languages.
1: That is some serious telephone.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. some serious telephone.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's incredible. I'm sure nothing was lost in translation there. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, at the the end of the day, they were there for for a a business negotiation, so there's not too, too much that can be lost in translation.
0: Yeah, they want horses i think the shoshone was interested in some of the weapons and guns and i I think body language says a lot if you're Mm -hmm. like showing some open body language and it worked out they got some horses and i believe other cattle and you know they got what they wanted and they continued on their journey
1: which was super critical so they on this journey to the west coast the way that it worked was that they had to have horses to get over the Rockies. But to get to the Rockies they were going by sea, so they or not by sea, by uh, river. So they couldn't they couldn't have horses until they got there so that they could travel by river to get that far. And so it was hypercritical for them to be able to negotiate for horses once they got to the kind of the foot of the Rocky Mountains which is why having Sacagawea with them was invaluable.
0: Yeah, I mean, potentially not even possible to do those negotiations. Certainly not without sign language. Like To do those negotiations verbally, she was super crucial. And just not to mention, she's familiar with the tribe and she could go there in a very positive, friendly manner. It so mm-hmm. absolutely crucial, and I suppose that's why they brought her despite her being pregnant. And having a kid this whole time, Yep. Like during all this she has her she has uh John Baptiste. Little Pomp. Little Pomp, Yep, yeah. <laughs> <was his> <laughs> Little Pompy Pompy. Yeah, as nicknamed by Lewis and Clark. And by all accounts, people loved Pomp. Like he was a breath of fresh air on this trip. Mascot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um and there was also the kind of the unintended positive consequence of the fact that having a woman and child with them as they were going on this expedition. It um, because it was a lot of white travelers traveling through Native American tribes, and it's very easy for them to be perceived as a threat as they're as they're coming through these areas. So having a a woman and child with them kind of had the secondary advantage of kind of disarming the folks that they were that they were interacting with because it kind of really laid down the the foundation that they were not there to harm anyone they were were just passing through or maybe to trade so but definitely there were there were multiple gains that were that occurred because second was involved
0: yeah yeah outside of all her skills exactly a woman and a child it demonstrated that they had peaceful intents and that they were not a war party in other ways she helped out was her knowledge and ability to traverse the mountains and the different environments and she had expert knowledge on what roots you can eat what vegetables and fruit where to find them what roots you can mean for medicine are meant for medicine she was very crucial that way as well
1: yep and uh when they went over when they were traversing and they went over bozeman pass that was um, that was Sacagawea's idea, and of course they're they're traveling through places, Montana, Idaho, which are both states, modern day states, that are that have Native American origins of the name. And did you know that twenty six states out of the out of the fifty of the modern day United States have Native American origins?
0: That is incredible. I, I had no idea any of them did. So Idaho and Montana come from Native American origins. Yes, both I'm, of them. That makes like I'm happy to hear that. That's that's cool.
1: And I have a little game for you. <laughs> oh boy! you am going to read the name of the state, and then you are going to guess whether or not it has Native American origins or does not. Okay. The first state, Massachusetts.
0: Ooh. So I'm thinking it's on the. Eastern coast, which I feel like makes it less likely. I'm gonna say no.
1: Incorrect. Oh, shit. The translation is about the big hill, so it, it it is a translation of.
0: Okay, I mean Massachusetts is pretty flat. <laughs> I'm, I'm not questioning your. There's some other ones in here that it's <laughs> that it's like, eh,
1: iffy. Uh, number two, Maine. No. Correct. Maine is named after. Um, they say it's named after a former French province, and then it also might be because there's a lot of uh, islands off the coast of Maine. So Maine could be May- uh, short for mainland, is is how they derived the name for that one.
0: Yeah. Texas. I just none of them sound Native American, but I've said no two times. I'm gonna say yes.
1: <laughs> so just be- well, you got that one right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just because <laughs> playing the game, it is a a word, meaning allies.
0: Ooh, interesting. Vermont. Yes. No.
1: Ugh. this is the this is kind of a tricky one. It's a it's a French derivation. Mm. Vert meaning green and Mont meaning mountains. So Vermont, green, green, green Mountain.
0: mountains. Ooh. I actually I should have been able to get that one. I've seen the advertised places. Rhode Island. No island sounds very English. You are correct. Latin origins.
1: <laughs> it's actually Dutch. Root eiland means red island and it's because of the red clay on the beaches on the shores of Rhode Island when they just when they traveled on it. Connecticut. We're on the east coast right now.
0: Yes. Native American origins.
1: Correct. Ooh. Uh it it means at the long tidal river. Which, when you think Connecticut, I don't think that at all.
0: But no. Hudson, maybe? I don't know.
1: I have no clue. It doesn't, it doesn't really ring a bell. <laughs> Anybody from Connecticut, feel free to leave a comment explaining explain why that makes <laughs> sense. Ohio.
0: That sounds Native American to me.
1: Ohio is the Iroquois word for beautiful.
0: Hmm. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, I, I had no idea that these states were named...
1: Um, it, it's crazy, like... So many states on the West Coast, Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, North, South Dakota, Yeah, all have Native American derivations.
0: Yeah, I know. That's cool. And so they, yeah, they went over a couple of these, and they eventually reached the ocean. And so so first of all, how long was this journey that Sacagawea took a part of? Mm -hmm. They started at Fort Mandan, and then they went to Fort Clatsop. And so I Google Maps, because these forts, you can still go visit them as historical sites. 1,300 miles on the road, if you're driving (laughs) on Google Maps. So they went, you know, roughly 1,300 miles, 1,300 miles. To give you a reference, New York City to Washington, D.C. is 300 miles. So that, just going from... Where Sacagawea started to where they ended and then they turned back, but to the ocean mm. was four times what New York to D.C. is. So if you went from New York and you did this all walking, you walk from New York to D.C., back to New York, back to D.C., back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> and then do it
1: again. And then do it
0: again. That is that what they did. That would be there and back. And they did this all... I mean, walking, and they went along the rivers as well. Also, while carrying a newborn baby.
1: Yep. And, yeah, with the... Carrying the newborn baby the whole time. Yeah. Very interesting experience as a newborn for uh, (sighs) Jean-Baptiste.
0: Yeah. And all this while Sacagawea hasn't even turned 18 yet. Which is also crazy. Incredible. And I think she has to be... I picture her as the ultimate mama bear. That personality or... Of being out in the wilderness, just protecting her baby at all costs mm-hmm. through this very dangerous discovery.
1: Yeah, very dangerous yeah. and uh, and very intense and in taxing. I imagine yeah.
0: so impressive. And John Baptiste goes on; he lives, of course, and has a very fulfilling, uh, impactful life himself. Mm-hmm. So incredible. But they get to the ocean. There is a large whale carcass that they sent out like a hunting party and they came across the, a whale carcass And Sacagawea says I want to go see this big fish you know from where she's coming from I don't think she's ever seen the ocean let alone a fish this big you know they used to fishing the salmon near the Rockies mm-hmm. so it must have been incredible but she had to convince them because she wasn't part of the hunting party or whatever but she goes with them to see the whale carcass she's been so important in their trip that she's able to rightfully but she's able to go see the whale carcass and i imagine that's just incredible you see this huge fish you see water as far as the eye can see just a sight you've never seen before
1: mm. i mean i feel like i'd rather <laughs> This is almost mean i'd rather see like a live whale like how cool would it be if you were to be on the shore and you saw a whale? Off? <laughs> I see the carcass is like I just feel I feel bad that that is the that's the way cuz
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I don't know. It sounds pretty incredible. And it's at it's at the end of their journey, you know. they reached what they were going to do which is get to the end of the continent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then they head back. The, the journey back a little less eventful in terms of they knew a little bit more what they were doing. They were able to get back at a faster pace and with less issues so and when they were there when
1: they were over on the coast and this is in Oregon modern-day Oregon they stayed the winter at uh, they built a fort Fort Clatsop, and that's where they stayed the winter and this was in a significant kind of far-reaching decision that was made while they were there was they had a vote to decide whether or not they were gonna travel during the winter or whether they were going to build the fort and they were going to kind of hunker down for the winter time and then go back in the spring. And the significant thing was at the time, Sacagawea had had made so many contributions to the group that they actually gave her a vote in whether or not they were gonna build the fort. And that was kind of a, um, it's it's a significant gesture at the time because uh, they, because it was, I mean, She was literally property of the man that she was that she was with, so the fact that she was given a vote was kind of at the time it was kind of a significant gesture based on her contribution, and it was something that leads us to know about Sacagawea today because that was kind of an indicative thing in the when it was written about in the women's suffrage movement in the United States.
0: Yeah, exactly. She had a vote which at the time was not normal. And, you know, it showed how much they admired what she did and her importance and significance on this trip. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they stayed the winter there. And then they head back, and Sacagawea and Charbonneau, they go settle at a Native American village. Uh, Lewis and Clark go back to St. Louis to report on their... Discoveries mm-hmm. and at this time, um, Charbonneau
1: is given for his efforts. He's given three hundred and twenty acres of land and five hundred dollars and thirty three cents as a prize for his assistance. Sacagawea is given nothing. <laughs> so she got a she got a vote, but she did not, unfortunately, get get any monetary credit for her contributions.
0: Yep exactly and we'll probably yeah I mean I think we'll get more into that in the end of how her recognition came later Mm -hmm. unfortunately at the time she was super crucial and they admired her but she did not get financially compensated like Charbonneau did um, and she didn't get the same type of recognition that she deserved so Lewis and Clark go back to St. Louis Charbonneau and Sacagawea settle in a Hadatsa tribe Clark writes to them he in his letter is shown he is very fond for Sacagawea and her son he writes you know my fondness for him and he wants pomp john baptiste Sacagawea's son to come live with him and he says he will treat him as his own child also in this letter clark says Sacagawea deserved a greater reward for her attention and services on that route than we had in our power to give her at Mandan's, the fort, acknowledging her crucial role, but yet she wasn't compensated financially or in recognition at the time as she deserved. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they take Clark up on this offer. He helps set them up near St. Louis, and John Baptiste gets sent to a boarding school. And -hmm.
1: And this was, and and I think... Clark set them up with kind of like a farm so that they could try farming in St. Louis as as a way to kind of make a life. Didn't work out long-term for them. I think they, were, they weren't they were very fruitful with the farming.
0: Yeah, and it seemed that Charbonneau kind of got antsy and wanted to get out on the trails, and he went back, and he'd be, you know, I think he went back to trading fur, mm. and uh, Sacagawea goes with him, and then in... 1812 at a trading post in South Dakota on a fur trading sh- trip. <clears throat> it is noted that one of Charbonneau's wives sadly died of a fever at about the age of 20, 25. Many people think this was Sacagawea. Yep. But we don't know. We don't know for sure. So potentially she died if it was in 1812 at about the age of 23. But there is also rumor and some people believe that she left, was able to travel west to a Shoshone tribe, and actually lived into her seventies. And why do people believe this? Well there is rumor and so this is all word of mouth conjecture. Mm hmm. Passed on through word of mouth. It's not written down that there was a Shoshone woman who had claimed to travel with white men on these long expeditions and she even this Shoshone woman even had a peace medal that Jefferson would have given Sacagawea at the time for the expedition Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of facts I think personally ring up on it to push me either way Charbonneau he had to make a list or not Charbonneau excuse me Clark made a list of all the people on the expedition and where they were now and he listed Sacagawea as dead and at this time, her son Jean Baptiste is still um he's adopted by Clark. Mm-hmm. So, to Clark's best knowledge, at least written down, he thinks Sacagawea has this died. This is some years later. Yeah. What do you think?
1: I think that I think the prevailing evidence is that she died when she was in her mid twenties. She had given birth to Lisette and which is her second child a daughter and um sometime after that four or five months later she succumbed to like a flu-like thing i think that is the is the more prevailing thought
0: yeah i I think you're right i think that is more of the consensus from a lot of people who really look into all this information
1: like us people like us (laughs) (laughs) yeah look very deeply into the information
0: but I, I do wonder the written record says Charbonneau's wife. We knew he had another wife, Otter Mm -hmm. woman. We also, I mean, maybe he had another one, but then the fact that Clark listed her as dead and he is the guardian of her son. And she clearly loved her son very much. That's like, Mm -hmm. I don't think she would leave her son, but if you know, yeah. And the
1: timing of it, I mean, because it was like a, about a year after her death, that Clark ended up becoming becoming the guardian of becoming the guardian of both Jean Baptiste and Lisette. So I think the timing of that, associated with like the other evidence at hand, kind of pushes, yeah, pushes exactly. that thought.
0: The timing of the adoption and the death suggests she died, and Clark became the. Legal guardians should
1: be noted that Charbonneau was still alive and gave up the guardianship to to Clark.
0: Yeah, yeah, Charbonneau just not a good guy <laughs> by all accounts. Part of me wondered, and this is very conspiracy, I don't see the evidence. Mm. What yeah, if give me something, give me something zero <laughs> evidence? Start some here. rumors. What if Sacagawea like mentioned it to Clark? You know, I want to go back to the Shoshone tribe. Already, John Baptiste is in a boarding school, really kind of out of her reign, uh, in very in good hands that she trusts, Mm -hmm. and she is like, "Hey, I'm like, like fake fake her death situation." I don't know if I'm grasping (laughs) at straws because I want her to live a long, happy life after her, you know, all the adversity she faced.
1: I, I like. I guess I could believe that, but at the same time, would she need to fake her
0: death? Well, I, I mean, because so, I think
1: Clark was like willing to take in the children. He had been trying yeah. to convince um, Charbonneau and uh, Sacagawea to move down to St. Louis so that he could put Jean Baptiste into boarding school, so he could yeah. so we could
0: teach yeah.
1: teach him and educate him.
0: And they were there. Yeah, I wonder if it was like was she trying to get away from Charbonneau? And then I also read that you to legally be a guardian, the parent, the biological parent had to die. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping at straws, and mm. honestly, before I read about Sacagawea, I naively thought and I had hoped that after this adventure, she had lived a long life, had become a diplomat of sorts between Native Americans mm-hmm. and no. United States. No, it's not quite. Definitely not. Yeah, kind of a shocking
1: fact to find out that it was uh, that it was a sh- that was a, an unfortunately short life. Yeah, um, But impactful. Impactful.
0: Very impactful. And and as we alluded to earlier, her fame, you know, she did get some recognition at the time, but really her fame came later, specifically around the woman's suffrage, the woman's right to vote. They pointed to Sacagawea as here is a figure who played such a crucial role in this expedition but didn't get the recognition she deserved she didn't get paid people don't know her name like they knew lewis and clark mm-hmm. so she became a huge symbol of the impact these women had in history but yet the recognition they did not get so that's when her story and her involvement had a light shone on and mm-hmm. people realized what yeah. role she played
1: and uh, and it was and a significant book was uh, Ava Emery Die uh, had the book The Conquest, which kind of talked about the Lewis and Clark expedition, and it really amplified Sacagawea's role in it. And yeah. it really was significant. The book came out in 1902, and it was extremely significant at the time to kind of bringing tons of attention to Sacagawea yep. and the contributions mm-hmm. that she made to women's yeah. suffrage.
0: Yeah, and also at this time, because of all this, plaques and statues were made, and she became a household name, and then years and years later, around the 2000s, the United States Mint issued the Sacagawea dollar, which is a coin dollar with Sacagawea on it. Mm -hmm.
1: And you may be thinking, is this a rare dollar? Because you may may or may not have seen the Sacagawea dollar, and it is not, they released Seven hundred and fourteen million of them, so at the time it was three for every American. So,
0: yeah, why haven't I seen this? I feel like this is so useful. The, the American million. change of like pennies and nickels is like it's so useless. But a, co- a dollar <laughs> coin would be so useful. Who's hoarding all these Sacagawea Do you remember
1: when were you, when when you were younger? Did you do you remember when they did like the fifty states quarters thing? Did you have oh, one of yeah. those things where it was the fifty? It was the fifty states, and they had different quarters for yeah, each one. Yeah, it's kind of
0: like a puzzle, and you put a quarter in each state, and each state had its unique quarter. Yeah, and very cool.
1: So, for our international listeners, what this what this was was in the mid two thousands, they um, the the United States uh, Treasury released the quarter, which is which is usually on one side, it's George Washington, it's a profile or a bust of George Washington. And then on the other side, it's a bald eagle. And they released special edition quarters that still had George Washington on, the, on one side, but then on the reverse side, I've been reading a lot about mint <laughs> 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 this week. Um, on the reverse side, it was uh, something e- exemplifying each state, each of the 50 states. And uh, people would collect them, and it would be, you would get the one for New Hampshire, and then you would get the one for Wyoming. And then they sold, like, kind of maps of the United States with little holes in them. And then yeah. you, like, punched them in.
0: So cool. I, like, I think I loved it as a kid. It was, it was a, a big it, deal.
1: It was a huge deal back in the mid 2000s. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's kind of a side note.
0: No, <laughs> I do remember that. Brings back the memories. But the,
1: the Sacagawea. Gold dollar is uh, they released it in 2000, and I think since 2009, they've released like a different style every year.
0: Damn, that's cool! I like, I want one, and also if there's a lot of them, it's so useful.
1: So, do you want to get into uh, I guess now is as good a time as any. Do you want to get into some uh, some Native American names?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the Native Americans are well known for having very cool, interesting names.
1: Mm-hmm. So I guess is a little bit of background on the tradition of, of names is that the naming traditions vary from tribe to tribe. So what I'm talking about is very general, but uh, if, uh, if anybody wants to do more research on specific tribes, each tribe has uh, their own kind of specific way that they, that they come up with names. They're overall, they're often derived from nature and sometimes an animal that personifies the person so an example of this would be sitting bull. Mhm. It's kind of a an adjective and then and then a, an animal.
0: Yeah, Dances with Wolves. I don't know if that was a real one, but there was a movie with that title, right?
1: Dances with Wolves. I don't think that was I don't think that was a real one. But maybe. Same idea, same idea. I <laughs> I'd say that, but I could be wrong. Um they I found this to be pretty interesting. Is that the names tend to relate to someone's temperament or personality, mm-hmm. and you may guess that um, Paz's temperament when he's 16 years old and Paz's temperament when he's 45 could be different, and that is accounted for in the fact that somebody's name could change over time. So it, your name is kind of a personification of who you are. Mm-hmm. And and if you're a different person than you once were, then you might actually get a new name.
0: Very interesting. And do we know who chose these names? Did you end up, if at forty five, I'm no a clue. different person? Yeah. I don't know if they were. Uh... It kind of sounds like nicknames.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that what we know in in English is um, something like the name Sacagawea that may. Not be necessarily how it was pronounced at the time, or by in the in the native language, so we have a lot of English translations for them. So when we when we translate them in English, it sounds like it sounds very simple, but there there could be some more uh, nuances to it. Yeah. So some examples of um, kind of famous Native American names: Crazy
0: Horse. Mm-hmm. And and do you? So this name, Crazy Horse, if you had to assign it to a celebrity or a person most people would know, who would you assign Crazy Horse to? Ben Affleck. Who? Explain yourself. I was just thinking Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen? Mostly for the crazy part.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. I feel like Ben Affleck's, like, he's big, he's sturdy, he's kind of (laughs) horse-like, and he's like, he's... um, He's had, like, an interesting life. He's had some ups and he's had some downs. So it kind of, like, when you think of a crazy horse, you think of one, like, like jumping and, like, having these exciting times. Like Ben Affleck, he
0: was... Sturdy but turbulent.
1: Yeah, sturdy but turbulent. <laughs> and uh, so that's why I think Ben Affleck. But Charlie Sheen, that's very... You know, like, I could definitely see how he would be a crazy horse. How about uh, sitting bull, which translates in English to Slow. <laughs>
0: Uh, who would you assign that to?
1: I went first last time. <laughs> I don't
0: know. <laughs> um, I was I was thinking uh Vincent Wilfork, but he's like low key fast for his size. I'm just like like when uh, I see a sitting yeah when you bowl, take an
1: NFL player into account, they're probably yeah it, it, like Vince Wilfork is like an, a supreme athlete. Oh, sitting you. bowl, I'm thinking like like a sumo wrestler. Mm,
0: okay, I see that for sure. And like that's like a sumo move. You sit on someone, that's a sumo move. Yeah,
1: like sitting bull. That sounds like someone who's like big and strong, but is like not trying to come yeah. chase you.
0: Yeah. I saw one where the English translation was rain in the face. Made me think of Steph Curry because he rains threes <laughs> in your face. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, Pocahontas. A name very familiar to all, to a lot of people, because of the Disney movies, translates to playful one. Yep. Sacagawea,
1: as you said earlier, translates to bird woman. Yep. Geronimo, do you know what that translates to?
0: Like jumping off a cliff.
1: No, the one who yawns. <laughs>
0: That's like the exact opposite of the connotation of Geronimo jumping (laughs) off a cliff like into water, right? So, that's what when you're a kid, that's what you say. You're like, Geronimo. So, that
1: was a big thing when I was reading about this. It made me think, why do we say Geronimo when we jump off of a ledge into a body of water? Or you go down a water slide, you say Geronimo, and then drop down. And so, like, a common thought is. The derivation comes from uh, World War II, and it's paratroopers. And there's um, thought that there was basically this paratrooper division that started yelling Geronimo. (laughs) And there's one belief that they said Geronimo because that's what Geronimo would do. During when Geronimo would be in battle, that he would yell Geronimo.
0: (laughs) He would yell his own name. He would yell his own name in battle.
1: And at one point, to evade, because Geronimo had, like, all these interactions with the U.S. military at one point, and he was, like, the Apache chief. And he, like, at one point, he yelled Geronimo and jumped off a cliff on horse (laughs) into, like, a river to to escape.
0: Damn. That's intense.
1: Yep. Unfortunately for that theory, (laughs) uh, Geronimo was what the Spanish called him. And he, um, his his own name was Guathle, so he would not have yelled Geronimo because that was what other people called him.
0: Okay, so Geronimo means yawn, and that's what, for whatever reason, the Spanish called him Geronimo.
1: For whatever reason, the Spanish called him Geronimo, and um, but his own name was Guathle, and so it wasn't because he yelled at Geronimo, but um, what kind of some historians think for the the reason that people say it is that it's the same airborne division of the US military in World War II, but they had seen a movie, the 82nd Airborne had seen a movie that depicted Geronimo. And then it kind of became like an inside joke with them, or maybe not necessarily a joke where when they would when they would do like kind of high flying intense things because geronimo was such a badass they would they would yell geronimo to kind yeah. of as kind of like an inside thing and it just caught on through the, the US
0: military yeah so it sounds like that geronimo expression certainly came from these pilots from uh, yeah, it was like the jumper. Air Force. Yeah, yeah like jump, uh, yeah. paratroopers. But why they chose it sounds like it's a little bit up in the air.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit up in the air. Yeah. They, they think that like the most likely thing is that they saw they saw some sort of depiction of him. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of took That's took neat. a life of its own from there.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the way it sounds, too, it, it's like Geronimo. like It just has a, oh, at the end. Probably plays a role as well. It's catchy. Yeah.
1: So I have... A Native American name for you.
0: Oh. oh boy!
1: I don't know if you have one for me, but I I've come up with one for you.
0: I have one uh, that I could use to assign to you.
1: <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first or second?
0: Uh, I'll go second.
1: All right. My name for you is Seeking Trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You threw your arm out. Of you don't like it. Seeking Trunk trunk
0: like like a like a horse like a a elephant trunk trunk. Ooh,
1: because you are uh once we get video incorporated with this everybody (laughs) will be able to know what i'm talking about you're a sturdy guy you are very stable you're strong you're uh Stocky, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say stocky. I said I said planted to the ground. <laughs> I didn't say stocky. Yeah, you're yeah. planted to the ground. You're you're a very uh, you have a, you have a strong base about you, both physically <laughs> and spiritually. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so trunk made me think of you because you're you're kind of you're. Uh, you're you're the trunk within the river that does, that wow. the river flows around it and not wow. through it. Wow. And so that is how I came up with that word. And then seeking because you're a very inquisitive person, mm. and so you're you're seeking knowledge, you're seeking uh, companionship, you're seeking um, emotional <laughs> connectivity to everyone that you meet. And I think th- and I appreciate that about you. So that's why I was thinking seeking and then trunk. <laughs> when you put it together, seeking trunk. That right. is uh, that is how I came up with
0: your name. Okay, I'm I'm flattered. Um, I, I know there there's definitely a little bit of an insult there with the stocky. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, I, no I, I'm. Honestly, said it. That seemed very genuine, and I'm I'm flattered. I'm blushing right now. Seeking the trunk of life, I'm I'm into it. For you, I, I feel bad. I didn't put in that type of th- thought. <laughs> Hear me out on this one. <laughs> All right, here we go. Pocahontas. <laughs> And I know th- this is like a female character in the Disney movies, but Playful One, when I think of Slavo, it's this happy guy who everyone just wants to hang out with. Like, he's the Playful One. You want to go hang out with Slavo.
1: Do you think there might be confusion if I were to call it Pocahontas <laughs> and there's already a famous Pocahontas? <laughs> That's my only question. I appreciate the Playful One Yeah, yeah, thought. yeah,
0: yeah. We'll just, we'll stick to the English translation. Playful, playful One. one. We won't, we won't. We won't be going around calling you Pocahontas.
1: Okay, I'll take it. So, a playful one and seeking trunk.
0: All right. Before we close it off, we'll give you guys a a quote from Pocahontas to ponder on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Do you think you know what you did wrong there? <laughs> I used your name. I was supposed to use <laughs> Sacagawea's name. Um, before we close it out, talking about Sacagawea, we'll give you a quote that she said herself. But... <clears throat> <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> but we were talking, a good idea for us is, you know, we do these pretty much live podcasts and we may make mistakes, and we want to own up to it. Mm. So if anyone hears a mistake, we want to have a segment eventually. And I was thinking a potential name for it could be the shit for brains shame segment. <laughs> oh my god. It's a tongue <laughs> twister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just don't ask me to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Where we go over, you know, the errors we made. So we encourage people to leave a 5-star review. Please. And then call out Slaver or Paz or either one of us for making a mistake in our...
1: So we do the best that we can, but yeah. sometimes we um, we may get things wrong. Yeah. And, that and way... uh, we're, we're trying to grow, be right as much as possible. So yeah. please yeah. let us know.
0: Yeah, if... and we'll correct it. And you can leave a five-star review. You can email us at at gmail.com
1: No G in buzzin. Yeah. We keep it short. <laughs>
0: Uh, so What quote you got to leave us off on
1: Amazing the things you find When you bother To search for them Oh Wow <coughs> Alright
0: so thoughts On the, the, that podcast Are we now on the post pod Oh we, yeah this are is we...
1: the post pod <laughs> Welcome to the post pod <laughs> Hey everybody <laughs> We're in the post pod environment <laughs> Give me the excitement um, I thought it went well. It was like, what, like an hour? I think it was like an hour, a little over an hour.
0: Yeah, hour 14, I think there'll be some serious editing. There will be some serious <laughs> um, editing. I may, we may be too liberal with the editing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very tough when you're talking about like, yeah. hey, do you know what nobody said? Anything that was, any words that may have been used when we were children and that we shouldn't <laughs> be using anymore.
0: Yeah, there, there are no, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I feel like it is probably the beers but I feel like I won't you know that articulate, you know what I'm saying? Cuz I, I feel like the when you drink alcohol it makes you like it talk, it flows more. Yeah, exactly. Free flow. Grace, Grace, You can hang out. We're done with the podcast. Grace,
1: this is just, just po- for fun. Yeah, tell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: in the we're in the post pod right now.
0: We're, we're just we're, we're talking about how we're we are think about.
1: We're in the post pod friend chamber.
0: Yeah, it's Welcome. reflections important are you where you thought you'd be in life grace 25 (laughs) this is a reflection post pod which is (laughs) (laughs) is i mean yeah Yeah, this is like (laughs) the conservative (laughs) (laughs) route um
1: yeah i i i think the i think the podcast went went pretty well yeah yeah um I think we had some kind of rough transitions, which mm-hmm. are going to be handled on the editing room floor yeah. by our
0: good friend Paz over here.
2: Yeah. See, this is why it seems like you are still recording.
0: Oh, we are recording. But yeah, we are. But recording. no one will hear this but us. <laughs>
1: yeah, no one will hear this but us. This is like, well, we're kind of like we storing. We have it to the stop. Yeah. If um, want. My favorite thing was when Johnny called Sacagawea Pocahontas. <laughs> fresh after, fresh after calling me Pocahontas. <laughs> Yeah, he called, he said, he gave me the name Pocahontas, and then I was like, let's get a quote from Pocahontas.
0: <laughs> I named him Playful One, which is what he it translates into. Wouldn't you just well, say, started like good... out with Pocahontas? <laughs> Playful One, like, like, you have to give one of these names, and that's Playful One. I was going to give it to Robin Williams, but then I was like, yeah, it's Slavo as well. So you're in good company. Robin Williams, like, that's good company.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: In in terms of like how like in terms of his like personality, like that's the personality you want, Robin Williams, like this like fun loving guy. Slavo, give a Native American name to Grace. Um wait, did what did he
1: tell you yours? Speed yeah. Weasel. I'm <laughs> Speed Weasel because she's
0: fast. I see it. She was a collegiate <laughs> athlete and she's yeah, pretty weasley. Yeah. She she gets yeah. her nose in. <laughs>
1: No, that's a good one. Speedweasel. So we have <laughs> seeking trunk.
0: So, uh, so
1: speedweasel. I I, 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 Grace, I did confer Wait, with her. Is that
0: an actual one? Or did you make that up? No, I made that up. I don't know if I can make one no, up. No, I came
1: up with one because we were talking. We were like, "What's Johnny like? What trunk, do do? tree trunk, As strong, strong yeah, sturdy, beefcake." I <laughs> oh, <laughs> said beefcake. So I boulder that's wow. another option <laughs> um yeah. but yeah podcast went uh podcast went pretty well
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah 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 i think we um i do think that we have like pauses and and you you do well with like editing on the on, on the pauses yeah. but i think it's just something that we like over time. We just get better at. Yeah, I I do think we're more comfortable on the mic Definitely. as time is going on.
0: So okay, so so a c- couple comments. One thing I was wondering, <laughs> fucking weasel. <laughs>
1: Please no speed weasel. Back away.
0: Um. Okay. This is like a. <clears throat> what would you think if and I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on it, but I just think about it. If like we did, basically the first portion of the podcast was like literally just going through their life chronologically, like more of the facts, like this is what they did. And then afterwards we talk about it.
1: We have like a sit down talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, okay. And I don't think I like that way, but I, like the advantages of that way is you don't have to follow any timeline. You, we can just talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Just like the colloquial, just like, Oh, like the conversation. It's like, we already addressed like the facts. What so happened. we have more
1: of like a, like the, this
0: more of a conversation yeah. where we're just
1: like, we're not like chronologically going through and like, yeah, because it's not scripted, but it's like we are like on a path, and we're like bringing things up that we want to be yeah. bringing out. Because
0: sometimes I feel the tension between like just being conversational and like being like this happened and this, and like going through their life. I I don't know. Just something to think about. I do. Th- I right now I think mm. the way we do it is better, but it's something to think about.
1: Yeah, I get what you mean. That we like we stick to the topic a little bit more, and then maybe we save the segments until the end and then we like yeah, and then and we're like, like and then we're like shit. all right so we made it like so that was Sacagawea. so yeah. now it's like and, th- and then we just and like, like analysis, chat. and then, we're like, yeah. and then we, maybe we have like a couple questions that we ask each other like oh would you like what would you think yeah like after the fact yeah because we go through and like we kind of present it mm-hmm. we're not as much presenters but we we kind of do present information and then at the end like now we have yeah. this like we're like like yeah like yeah. take off the uh take off the suit yeah yeah loosen the tie like, like, a little little
0: bit. was a bit of a dick
1: <laughs> Charbonneau was a bit of a dick I yeah. mean he didn't even take care of his kids like no, he just gave no. them up to to William Clark which I thought was interesting yeah John Baptiste um kind of an interesting life literally yeah. he's on the gold coin
0: he is really the gold yeah, dog as like, a little he's baby on, yeah. he's a little
1: baby and he's in the little uh yeah. what is that called like the little like Bjorn. Bjorn.
0: oh wow. See, that's an yeah. adult. <laughs> it does seem cozy. <laughs> oh, a, another a comment I worry with us is I feel like when we talk, we're like <laughs> moving our hands.
1: Come I'm worried about doing tone. this <laughs> <laughs> breathing into the mic. Aww. Grace, literally earlier today, Grace is like, uh, Dan, are you like breathing really heavily for a reason? <laughs> that actually happened. <laughs> that actually happened. I
2: I don't know I think like
1: maybe one of these maybe we should just keep the Senate and like see if people like it